I'm Desiree. And I'm Taylor. You're tuned into Birthkeeper Banter, a space to discuss powerful birth stories, radical birthkeeping, and all things birth outside of the box. This podcast is produced by Herbal Training, and nothing discussed should be considered medical advice because birth is not a medical event. For classes and more information, go to herbal.teachable.com. Hey, this is Taylor, and I'm here with Desiree. We are going to talk today about why evidence-based culture is obnoxious, and we're tired of people using it. So first of all, what is evidence-based culture? If you've never heard of this, you're probably like, what the heck? Okay, evidence-based, that sounds like that makes sense, right? We want to use evidence in our our birth world, in the information that we give to our clients, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but basically, how this whole evidence-based usage started is with the people that are overruling um, obstetrics and midwifery and all of that. It comes from scientists and them doing research. So researchers, people that analyze statistics, things like that. I do think that it started with genuine intentions, but like everything else that starts with genuine intentions it can be very easily manipulated, which is why I'm so tired of seeing, quote, evidence-based stuff being floated around the birth world. Uh, This was inspired because I had a conversation with a labor and delivery nurse on Facebook, and I was talking about unassisted birth as an option because a another, um, a chiropractor, basically a chiropractor was talking about how one of her clients is really frustrated with her situation with her OB and she's considering other options like a home birth midwife or possibly unassisted birth. And she wanted to get people's feedback on that. So I shared my unassisted birth perspective. And of course the labor and delivery nurse chimes in on my thread and says that I shouldn't be promoting unassisted birth because it's not safe and it's not evidence-based. And we had a whole conversation about why evidence-based doesn't really matter. And she could not get with it. (laughs) And I think that's just part of the indoctrination of the schooling. So yeah, Desiree, what do you think about the whole evidence-based thing? I think a lot of it's paid for. I think that you can take, I know for a fact, you can take any kind of study that is completed on whatever, whatever, a medication, um, a procedure, whatever, and have it show any outcome you desire. So if a company is going to profit from a study showing blah, 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 like the recent um, GBS one that was released, it was talking about um, how, you know, there's all these high chances of these things happening and blah, blah, blah. But the whole thing's riddled with like, these were assumptions that they're making, not, um, they weren't concluded. It wasn't like a, a dead set thing. And the way that it's worded, it's, it looks like they're trying to prepare to have a vaccine for this thing. Like, and it's by companies that are affiliated with such. So it's like, okay, we're putting out this fear-based stuff, scare people, scare people, so we can get the outcome we want, which is also some of the other studies. If we look at those, um, like the ones that they're like, hey, you can't have breech babies because this study, you can't, um, you know, you have to induce early because of this study, but they're all rigged and paid for. So like, I've always like thought people that say the whole evidence-based thing, I'm like, wow, you're really mind controlled and stuck. You don't like, how do you not connect the dots and see, like follow the money, ask questions. Don't be like, oh, 
this study said this, so that's how it is. No, you have to know how to read a study and understand conflict of interest and look into like the next thing. Who, who did the study and how would they profit from this study being used? Are they getting money from any other organization? Are they affiliated with um, pharmaceutical manufacturers? Like there's a whole line of things you need to know how to question. And uh, the majority of people don't, especially those that go to these schools to be indoctrinated to trust this medical system, this, this model. Uh, they don't want to question it. They're like, no. This is what the study says. It's proven fact. It's the science. And yeah, that's my thoughts. It's it's very uh whack, very whack. It is. Like you said, everything can be manipulated. They usually start a research study um, based off of a bias and a curiosity to validate an idea that they already have in their mind. So if they want to validate something and they're looking for something that they want to validate their theory already, that could easily create a bias. And it's really hard to actually get a non-biased study, even when they claim that, oh, it was double blind, blah, blah, blah. Like you can add all the labels onto it, but money talks and you can still get whatever outcome that you want if you skew some things here and there. Another thing with that is that anything in fertility pregnancy, birth, postpartum, babies, anything like that, there are so many factors into all of that that you can't accurately study a population of pregnant women and actually be getting accurate results that you should be putting onto other people because people have different things like their genetics, their nutrition, their lifestyle, their relationship, past trauma, mental stuff. There are so many things involved that you can't possibly follow someone every second of their day, compile these whole studies that go for years and years and years, understanding all of these factors involved and come up with a result that says, oh, we should definitely put this onto the rest of the pregnant population because this group of people had this result majority of the time. Um, And honestly, any evidence-based study usually just gives providers power to assert the coercion that they want over women. So like that arrive study where they were saying that at 39 weeks is the ideal time frame to induce a woman, a woman or for her to have a baby. Um, and after that, the stillbirth rate was quote astronomical, but it actually wasn't when you look at the the actual numbers, like comparatively, it was higher than after 39 weeks or whatever, but it was not something that, oh yeah, we should definitely induce all women at 39 weeks. But some providers took that, took that 39 weeks is safer and are inducing basically premature babies. If they're not coming on their own at 39 weeks, they're not ready. So, but they use that ARRIVE trial to coerce so many women, especially VBAC women, first-time moms, all of that into doing what the study said. So evidence is not just, oh, this is just helpful. This is just more information. More information can't be bad, but yes, more information can be bad. It can be used as a coercion tactic because if a mom is not informed, she doesn't know how to research herself. She doesn't think to do so ahead of time and is just trusting her provider as she should be able to, uh, that evidence can manipulate her entire birth plan. So that information is a bad thing. Yep. 
I definitely agree. So who uses the evidence-based stuff? I would say those that are, they're taught to, those that are indoctrinated, that this is what you do. This is what you believe. Don't question it. Here's the papers you hand out. This is how you <laughs> word things to get the, you know, the consent uh, after coercing them. Those are the people that use that. And I mean, you can't put a label on that because I know that there are probably some even traditional attendants and uh, even doulas that will try to use this stuff and to convince people to do X, Y, and Z. So it can be anyone, but they're not critical thinkers is, is my thought there. They have no like critical thinking skill. Something's been drilled out of them. They had that part removed. Yeah. And even if the evidence is valid and there's ample statistics and amount of evidence that points to one result being better than the others, it doesn't really matter. Because if a woman's intuition is saying, I need to do this choice or that choice rather than this, what the evidence says, or she just simply wants to, regardless of intuition, regardless of evidence, she just wants to do it, that trumps the evidence altogether. So ultimately, we should still be giving women the power to decide over anything else, over any evidence. If we're following her intuition and autonomy, that evidence-based stuff really doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's what they don't teach about. I feel like they teach people that they should have informed consent and they should have choice. And I don't think they teach them about autonomy in that model. Maybe they do, but they don't follow it. That's for sure. Because they would not be like, oh, you don't want to do this, even though I gave you this information. Okay, that's fine. They usually want to do the coercive tactic because they're taught to do that. So if they're taught to do that, there's no way that they're taught to respect autonomy and choice. So it is, it's very different. And all care should be based on autonomy because even if, you know, the, like you said, there's all these facts and there is no conflict of interest and it's not bought. There's no, you know, affiliation with somebody that can gain from that study. So if that's, if it's that kind of situation, um, yeah, even so, she still has a choice. If that doesn't align with her, or maybe that's not with her belief, like there's also some religions where they will not do X, Y, and Z. They'd rather die than do blah, 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 because they have different views. They don't have that forced life view. Um, and that's something that I know that the medical model struggles with because they're very forced, best proven outcome. It's, it's a drilled mindset. Like they're on a wheel. They can only think the thoughts that they're told to think and don't question anything. Right. It's that like sociopathic science minded, like, oh, I have to see statistics in order to do something. I want to do it the right way, but you can't always put the right way on paper. And I see the benefits behind it. I see the reason why people want to, especially doulas, talk about evidence-based stuff because they want to give their clients informed consent. They want to give them options they want to do all that and provide them all the information. And, oh, here's this evidence so that you can make the right choice for you. Um, but the right choice for you doesn't stop at the evidence and this need to have proof to enforce your birth plan or the validity of your choices based on a whole bunch of strangers that are not you. I feel like we need to get away from that. We don't need to prove the validity of our choices, of our preferences. Yep, I definitely agree. I agree with that. I don't see a lot of benefit in it. I mean, 
it's nice. To, it's similar with the medical model on everything. They're, they're check boxes and they're, uh, they're boxes of this is what's normal. It's nice to know what they think. Cool. That's what you think. All right. That's a, a little grain of salt that I can take into consideration with everything else, like anecdotal and everything that I know and have learned and everything that my colleagues have learned, my teachers have taught me, things that aren't on paper, but they have used doing whatever it is, like, for example, herbal medicines for what hemorrhage will say. Um, this herb in particular mixed with this one in these amounts this often has worked for managing blood loss for them. But there's not any studies on it, you know, while they have studies for Pitocin and how much and blah, blah, blah. We trust that more. I trust that way far more because I know that it's worked and for many other people and it's worked for me. Um, so I more so think that that is beneficial is, well, what works for you? Like, fuck these studies where people are, someone's getting a benefit out of this. Nobody's getting a benefit out of what worked for someone else. That's, that's person to person. Nobody's gaining aside from, you know, one another. It's helping each other. Right. And a lot of providers, um, especially this, the one nurse that I said I was talking to, she said anecdotal evidence really doesn't mean anything. And for me to be promoting anecdotal evidence was dangerous. I'm like, anecdotal evidence is everything to me. That's how this unassisted birth movement has really taken off because of people sharing their stories and sharing variations of normal that they've overcome that they've been able to birth with still safely. That's the whole foundation of it. And I see how somebody with a, a science-based mind and an evidence-based mind would see that as invalid, but anecdotal has been everything for me, for other women in this movement. We want to go off of other people's stories and their successes because the medical industry sure as hell isn't telling us that we can. And so we want to hear from other people. Yeah, we can. I did. And I think anecdotal evidence is probably the most important. And I don't care if they think it's valid or not. Anecdotal evidence is the best evidence, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. That's definitely what led me into my first home birth and whatnot was other moms saying, hey, you can birth at home with nobody. It's like, what? Of course we can. And it just goes from there. And you listen to other people's stories. And that gives you the confidence. Not reading these studies. <laughs> Because who's going to make a study on first off unassisted birth? Who's going to make that study? I know that there was that one I had found years back. It's gone now. Um, but that was created by a group of, of women. And, you know, people would say, oh, that's not a credible source because nobody was benefiting from, uh, you know, some kind of paid output from it. So that's why they would say that. So, yeah, these this whole evidence based thing was made to keep people's minds trapped is how I see it. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think they're using it as abusive and coercive tactics in order to manipulate women into what they want to do. So we just wanted to share on why evidence-based and using that term evidence-based can be harmful and how we should honestly get away from this. It is a tool that you can use. Evidence and studies are a tool, but don't make it your whole center and negate people's validity and their choices because of evidence-based culture. So thanks for listening today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Birthkeeper Banter. Make sure to like and subscribe to our channel on your favorite podcast listening platform and Facebook so you can be notified for future episodes. 
Enrollment for our 2023 midwifery cohort is now open. You can find sign-up information as well as all of our other courses at herbal.teachable.com. We love and appreciate you all. Thank you for helping us change the world. One verse story at a time.